There were lots of beautiful historic cemeteries in New England. The oldest headstones date back to the 1600s. Many are faded and mossy. And a few harbor a dark secret. Some people used to believe these were the resting places of the malevolent undead. Welcome to the Halloween edition of Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and I'm about to take a bite into a haunting and horrifying piece of New England history. We've all heard of the Salem Witch Trials, but the era known as the New England Vampire Panic has been relatively forgotten. And it was by happenstance that a folklorist named Michael Bell learned about this macabre history back in the 1980s. He met an old man who told him about a Memorial Day gathering when he was a child in Rhode Island. Everyone got together in the town green next to the local cemetery. And the kids would go over and start playing in the cemetery and, and the older people would say, now wait a minute, don't go over to that stone, don't touch that stone because of this awful thing that took place years ago. The man said the grave was rumored to belong to a restless soul. And Michael was fascinated. He researched and found newspaper accounts from the 1800s about strange rituals performed on the bodies of the recently dead. Then in 1990, a major clue. Some kids were playing in a gravel mine in Griswold, Connecticut. They used pieces of cardboard to slide down the mine's embankment. And then... Two skulls popped out from the side of the gravel and rolled down the hill. The kids took the skulls to their parents. The police thought there might be a serial killer in town. But then they took a closer look and said, no, these are, these are look really, like really old. They called in the state archaeologist. What he found was actually a, an unmarked cemetery. And there had been something like 29 different burials there, but no gravestones. So nobody knew it was there. The state decided to remove the remains and reinter them in a proper cemetery in Griswold. That's what they were in the process of doing when they discovered uh, this one coffin that had been surrounded by bricks and stones. They did not want this person leaving. The state archaeologist cracked open the coffin and got a big surprise. It was baffling. The head was in the wrong spot. It was like on top of the chest area. The femurs had been removed and placed in a cross pattern across the chest. Also, they noticed that on top of the coffin lid were brass tacks that spelled out JB55. JB-55's remains were a mystery for almost three decades. And then a team of forensic scientists took an interest. Well, thank you again for having us. We're really excited to share this with you guys, the research that we've done. Um, this is Earlier this year, DNA researcher Jennifer Higginbotham gave a presentation at the National Museum of Health and Medicine in Silver Spring, Maryland. It had kind of a dry title, Exploring Emerging DNA Technologies in Identifying Historic Human Remains. But the topic wasn't dry at all. So the presentation that I'm going to give tonight is on a 19th century vampire buried in Griswold, Connecticut. This is just our standard disclaimer. <laughs> Researchers say Griswold locals in the 1800s thought JB55 was a vampire. That's why they removed his head and put his bones in a cross shape. So they believe that these recently deceased um, individuals would come back as vampires and they would drain the life out of some of the living family members. Higginbotham and her team learned from DNA testing that JB were the initials of a man named John Barber. 
And yet what was done to Barber wasn't that unusual, apparently. Michael Bell, the folklorist from before, has documented about 80 cases where some version of this anti-vampire ritual took place in every state in New England, as well as upstate New York. But why would people do that? Bell and I meet at the local cemetery in Griswold. He tells me John Barber wasn't the only supposed vampire in town, and he leads me to a row of headstones. Okay, we're looking at three stones from the Ray family. They were a father and two sons who died of a mysterious illness in the 1850s. One son survived, Henry Nelson Ray, and people were nervous about him. Some of the friends and neighbors of the family came to Henry Nelson and said, look, <laughs> it's going to kill you and your whole family if you don't do something about it. And I think they were probably concerned that it was going to spread to them. The townspeople worried the Ray family had turned into something evil, maybe vampires. There was only one way to find out. They convinced Henry Nelson that he should go out and exhume the bodies of his father and two brothers. Nelson and the townspeople dug up the bodies and held a bizarre ritual. Bell says the specifics depend on which source you read from the local papers at the time. Now, the first article said that they burned the two brothers' bodies. A second article, a few days later, came out said, no, the father and one of the sons were too far gone, and so what they did was just burn the other son. The first known case of these rituals was just after the Revolutionary War. The last was more than 100 years later, 1892, a Rhode Island woman named Mercy Brown. She also died of a mysterious illness. The town's fears of something sinister were confirmed when they found her body strangely preserved. The theory was there was some sort of spirit or evil thing inhabiting one of the dead relatives in the heart or other vital organs. And that's why you would find fresh blood, liquid blood, because it was draining the life out of the living family members. Mercy Brown's body was fresh because it was kept in a crypt that was so cold it was basically a freezer. But the locals didn't notice that. They burned Mercy's heart. Then they stirred the ashes into a tonic and gave it to Mercy's brother to drink. So he didn't become a vampire himself. You know, it's a mild form of cannibalism. You know, I say that in all seriousness. People knew what to do, sort of, based on old superstitions traced back to Europe. The specifics changed from town to town, but the core idea was the same. The ritual is basically you had to excise the organs involved that had the fresh blood and then either burn just the vital organs, burn the entire corpse. In a few cases, you just turn the corpse face down and let it go at that. Bell says locals probably didn't use the word vampire. And they didn't have the firm pop culture imagery that we have today, just vague, long-held folk beliefs about shadowy undead beings that stalk the night. You'll find the same procedures to keep a witch away, but you'll find the same ones to keep a vampire away or a ghost from bothering you. Bram Stoker published his novel Dracula in 1897, five years after the last exhumation. We now know the victims probably suffered from pulmonary tuberculosis, including the Ray family, Mercy Brown, and John Barber, a.k.a. JB55. And of course, today, most people have stopped believing in vampires. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm out there searching for the unknown and unearthly on the road from New York 
to Boston.